بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد Alhamdulillah, we are able to have our reflection on Surah Taha once again. As you remember, after talking about the story of Prophet Musa السلام, and his people, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala referred to the Day of Judgment and then the fact that uh, people would be discussing how much they have stayed in Barzakh, the world between death and the Day of Judgment, يَتَخَافَتُونَ بَيْنَهُمْ إِنْ لَبِسْتُمْ إِلَّا عَشْرًا Verse 103, the criminals would be discussing among themselves very quietly that you have only stayed for 10 days. إِنْ لَبِسْتُمْ إِلَّا عَشْرًا You didn't stay except 10 days. Or ten nights while it was much longer and as I said people in Barzakh have uh, three situations one of the three situations one is the people who are very very good right after death they start enjoying and seeing the pleasures the second is those who are very very bad they would start suffering so for them Barzakh is for these two is either uh, Jannaton is a garden of gardens of heaven of course this is Barzakhi heaven or Hofratun min Hofaran Niran is one of the um, holes of the holes of the hell so these are for people who are very special in being good or bad and those who are in between they would be in a state like a sleeping so they wouldn't stay uh, they wouldn't actually uh, understand that much the lengths of this period so they would say that it was only uh, 10 days and some people say Allah, and then Allah says نَحْنُ أَعْلَمُ بِمَا يَقُولُونَ Allah says we are more knowledgeable about what they say means we understand what they say better than the way they themselves understand what they say نَحْنُ أَعْلَمُ بِمَا يَقُولُونَ we know better what they say so whether it is يَتَخَافَتُونَ They say it, you know, quietly or they say it loudly. It doesn't make difference. We understand. إِذْ يَقُولُ أَمْثَلُهُمْ طَرِيقَتَانْ إِلَّا بِثْتُمْ إِلَّا يَوْمًا Those who are better in their manners or in their method, they would say you haven't stayed except one day. And we explain this. Uh, last week وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنَ الْجِبَالِ فَقُلْ يَنْصِفُهَا رَبِّي نَسْوَى It seems that 
some people used to ask Rasulullah about the mountains and what is going to happen to mountains. Uh, in Tafsir Muna Ayatullah Makarim Shirazi says that we can understand from these words that some people used to ask Rasulullah about this. For them, it was important that if everything in this world is coming to an end, what about these high mountains which are really strong and firm? Yes, It seems that they had some kind of perhaps doubt about even such mountains can be moved, can be shaken, can be changed. Yes, They asked me about the mountains. فَقُلْ يَنْسَفُهَا رَبِّي نَسْفَا In response, tell them that my Lord is going to destroy them and is going to make them into pieces and throw them into the air. Even mountains would be broken and destroyed. If you remember, we had this term Nasf about the idol that Samari had made. If you refer to the verse 97, Prophet Musa told Samari that look at your idol the god that you have created and you used to worship we are going to burn it we are going to burn it and then we are going to throw its uh, particles its uh, like you know dust into the sea we had this term nasfan in the verse 97 now we have this about mountains verse 105 it means that it becomes like you know uh, dust mountains become like dust after the mountains are removed and made into pieces or actually dust then the earth would be flat would be uh, leveled فَيَذَرُهَا قَاعًا سَفْسَفًا ulama say that سَفْسَفًا means like you know flat like leveled without greenery without water so it will be just a piece of land very flat and leveled you would not see in that any kind of uh, you know ups and downs you would not see any kind of um, for example hills any kind of mountains so everything is leveled some 
translators of the Quran have said you will not see any crookedness or unevenness in it or some people have said you would not see neither curve nor for example uh, any elevation so there is nothing except leveled yawma idhin yattabuna ad-da'iyah la ibaja lah wa khash'at al-aswat lir-rahman fala tasma'u illa hamsa on that day when allah's power is completely clear imagine what happens to the mountains then who would be able to deny the power of Allah or who would be able to think that he can resist against what Allah wants in that day they will follow Dari means the one who calls the one who invites it means here they would call someone who would uh, they would listen to someone who would call on behalf of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, someone would mention what Allah wants la ibajalah and there would be no power to disagree to resist ad-da'i is a term that also you know some uh, religious groups you know used for the leader for example you know uh, in Buhari community you know they call Dari so Dari comes from Dawa and Dawa means to call to invite sometimes it is used for tabliq for preaching for propagation Dawa al-Islam is to call people towards for example Islam so here a Dari is the one who calls on behalf of Allah or maybe Allah himself he would call la ibajalah no one would be able to resist and they would all stand up from their graves so when they are called and invited to be resurrected they will all come wa khash'at al-aswat lir-rahman and all the sounds or all the voices if we translate sound into voice refers to the people who have ability to speak like human beings if we say sound it means everything even the sound made by animals birds by natural phenomena phenomena all would be humbled before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before Rahman as you know Rahman is a very important name of Allah that can be used interchangeably with Allah you can call him Allah you can call him Rahman so all the sounds or all the voices would be humbled for Ar-Rahman 
for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَلَا تَسْمَعُوا إِلَّا hamsa. Then you would not hear except a kind of um, very low voice, a kind of murmur or for example some people have said uh, something like the tread of the marching feet some people have put different things for example some people have said that this would be a word which is uh, very low very uh, not outstanding because imagine when people or anything is seeing the power of Allah and are humble then there would not be possibility of crying and shouting and screaming you know when you uh, see something great automatically you are humbled and this uh, shows itself in the way you speak you don't have power of you know screaming and shouting you are very much you know even sometimes finding difficult to speak at all On that day, intercession would not benefit. Except for those that Allah Ar-Rahman would permit. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ar-Rahman, would be pleased with their speech, with their words. You know, we have uh, different groups of verses in the Quran about Shafa'ah, about intercession. Some verses of the Quran, if you are interested, has a beautiful discussion about Shafa'ah in the first volume of Al-Mizan uh, when in Surah Baqarah Allah talks about Shafa'ah some verses of the Quran deny Shafa'ah so some people who have only seen these verses of the Quran they thought that there is no Shafa'ah at all but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala denies in these verses Shafa'ah but it means that there would be no way to get rid of the burden of your bad actions by asking someone to intercede for you or someone to be uh, accountable on your behalf. You have to yourself go through the process of being questioned and answerable, being answerable and then see the results. But there are also some verses of the Quran that would say there are people who can do shafa'ah there are people who can benefit from shafa'ah but this has to come through something that you have done in dunya so when we put all these different sets of the verses together the result is that you cannot just depend on shafa'ah but 
if you are a person who has certain qualities if you have been following for example the prophet ahlul bayt ulama then this following this uh, obedience this discipleship can show itself in different ways and one of them is to benefit from their shafa'ah on the day of judgment so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this verse this is one of the verses that uh, makes it clear that how shafa'ah can function Allah says it's not that shafa'ah takes place arbitrarily no Shafa'ah is only for the people that Allah permits and Allah is pleased with their word, with their speech. Here there is a discussion and in some books of tafsir they say this refers to both those who want to intercede and those who want to benefit from intercession for example an alim or imam or rasulullah or martyrs when they do shafa'ah they themselves are pleasing allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and also the people for whom shafa is offered they should also be pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not 100% pleasing because if they are 100% pleasing Allah then they would not have any sin any problems and as you know shafa is mostly for the people who have some sins which are not forgiven yet Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said اتخرتو شفاعتي لأحل الكبائر من أمتي I have saved my shafa'a for the people from my ummah who have committed major sins and these are the sins that are not forgiven through tawbah if they are forgiven through tawbah so that person is already clear but suppose for some reason a person has had some sins and the sins are still remaining but he has Iman, Allah is pleased with him in a general way so Allah would help him to be forgiven through the process of Shafa'ah so both those who do Shafa'ah and those who want to receive Shafa'ah should have certain qualities then we move on to the verse 110 as you know the most important thing in that day or I can say the most important thing as the basis for the day of judgment is knowledge because you know when you want to judge you need to know the truth you know you need to know everything that has been performed even people's thoughts and intentions so the day of judgment is the day that not only the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would be very clear also his knowledge would be very clear he knows 
everything about them when he says he knows what is in front of them or before them and what is behind them means everything perhaps before them means what is uh, going to happen to them from now on what is behind them is what has happened to them in the past so he knows everything he knows their present and future he knows their past but they do not have embracing or inclusive knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they cannot embrace Allah's existence Allah's perfection Allah's actions completely Yuhuitun comes from Ihata. Ihata means to embrace, to include. So their knowledge is not able to cover every aspect of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah knows them completely, but they know about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to a very limited extent. It seems that you have lost connection with me. Is it okay now, Brother Hussein? Can you confirm? Okay. Uh, so uh, let me let me repeat what I said. So they see uh, everything sorry Allah sees everything about them he knows everything about them what is before them means what is going to happen to them from now now on in present or future and what is behind means in the past in dunya what they have done he knows everything but they are not able to uh, have embracing knowledge about him they know very little about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَعَنَتَ الْوُجُوهُ لِلْحَيِّ الْقَيُّومِ Faces, which means peoples. Faces of people stand for people. You know, the most important uh, part of our body is our face. When the faces become humbled, for whom? For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is Hay, who is Qayyum. Allah has many qualities, but here two important qualities are mentioned which are related to that day. He is the living. He has life without any stop. Even he doesn't sleep. He doesn't have nap. Allahu la ilaha illahu al-hayyul qayyum la ta'khudhu sanatun wa la nawmun He is always sharp, he is always active, always understanding, always intelligent. Al-hay, complete life. Al-qayyum, he is able to stand and make other things stand. Qayyum is the one that is relying on himself and other things also rely on him his existence depend on depends on himself but also he gives existence to other things or he gives them 
the qualities, the perfections, the power that they need. This is Qayyum. So it's very important to understand that on the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who has been living, who has been alive all the time. He has not gone through the process of death, through barzakh. And also he is Qayyum. Everything depends on him. When they are seeing the life of Allah, the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they would be 100% humbled. And those who would be zalim, those who have done some injustice, who were unjust, those who were burdened with the zulm that they have done, then in that day they would be disappointed. They would see that they have no success. They would be despaired. Khaba yakhibu khaybah means to be disappointed, to be despaired, to be defeated. Qad khaba man hamala dhulma. Imagine in that day when even uh, standing on your own would be so difficult. Now if we are burdened, na'uzu billah, with the heavy weight of zulm, how difficult it would be. Qad khaba man hamala dhulma. That is the day that people would see the result of what they have done during their life. No matter what achievements you had in dunya, how much, I don't know, you were praising dunya, how much qualifications you had, money you had, friends you had, followers you had, I don't know, fans you had in dunya. What is important for you in that situation is whether you are free from the burdens of bad actions and especially zulm and instead you have the light of good actions or na'uzu billah you are in darkness and burdened with zulm with sins this is the most important thing this is something for which we have to prepare ourselves وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِنَ الصَّالِحَاتِ وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنْ فَلَا يَخَافُ ظُلْمًا وَلَا حَظْمًا but those who do righteous deeds while they are believers. From this verse and some other verses like Man Amila Salah and Mindakarin O Untha Wahuba Mu'min From these verses we can understand that Amala Saleh, a righteous deed is something that even a non-moment can do sometimes a person who is not moment may do something good with good intention for example he helps people because he loves to help people not to show off okay this is amal saleh this is good like hatamatai who was generous even he was not a muslim he died before islam but islam very much 
appreciates his generosity. We have sayings about the way Allah would treat him with some favor. For example, such people may not go to hell. But if you want to benefit from your amal saleh, 100%, if you want to benefit from amal saleh and reach heaven, then you need iman. If you want to benefit from amal saleh and reach hayat tayyibah, a goodly and pleasant life, even in dunya, you need iman. Man ya'mal minas saliha, the one who does some of the righteous deeds, because we cannot do all the good things, unfortunately. Our time is limited, our opportunities are limited, our resources are limited. But what is important is to do as much as we can. He and she is a believer. Such people would not have fear of being treated with injustice. There is no zulm to happen to anyone. Allah is not going to do zulm. Even he's not going to do zulm to people like Pharaoh, like Namrud. Even Allah asks us not to do zulm to our enemies. How can then he do zulm to anyone? Absolutely, Allah would not do any zulm. Everything would be justice. Indeed, it is the justice of Allah that even is worrying. We need his generosity we need his forgiveness but for sure there is no zulm they don't have any fear of zulm and they don't have any fear of their rights to be uh, reduced to be ignored to be not given not to be observed here a question may come to your mind Allah says those who are mu'min and have done righteous deeds they would not have fear of zulm does it mean that other people have fear of zulm so they can be treated with zulm I think the answer is this that Zulm is not going to take place. But those who are mu'min, they are aware of that. Those who have done many, many bad things, those who have done themselves zulm, they would be frightened that they themselves would be also treated in the same way that they used to treat people in dunya. So it's not that they are going to be treated unjustly but they have the fear they have the worries they have the concerns or they have fear about their rights not to be 100% observed this is the worry that they have because of their own history a person who has been doing zone to innocent people now when it comes to himself he would be 100% sure that I would be treated in a same way or even worse because I have done zulm to innocent people but I am myself not innocent now so I deserve to be treated unjustly 
so they have this fear then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَكَذَلِكَ أَنزَلْنَاهُ قُرْآنًا عَرَبِيًّا وَصَرَّفْنَا فِيهَ مِنَ الْوَعِيدِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَّقُونَ أَوْ يُحْدَثُ لَهُمْ ذِكْرًا Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to the Quran being revealed to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah says, we have sent down to you in this way a text. Quran means something that can be read, something that can be recited. Quran, as we have been uh, explaining in some of the lectures on Aqaid, definitely was not only just meaning involved meaning and wording if Quran was just meaning as some people have said and the wording was coming from Rasulullah then it shouldn't be called Quran it shouldn't be called Kitab it shouldn't be Mus'haf these terms can be used for something which has also wording so Allah says, we have sent down to you, we have revealed to you Quran, a text that can be read. Arabian. Arabi has one of the two meanings. Either means Arabic or means clear. Because the term Arabi means clear. Arab means to make things clear. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, in several places in the Quran says that Quran is Arabic in one place it's clear that it means Arabic language because Allah says mubin. clear Arabic language because mubin clear is there so Arabic means then Arabic but in some places Arabic can mean either Arabic or clear a text which is clear and you can understand how to read and how to under, you know interpret reading is clear understanding is clear and in that text in that book we have mentioned different types of warning different types of threats because you know in many cases people without being warned without being alarmed unfortunately wouldn't take your advice seriously if you say this is good for your health they would not necessarily take any action but if you say if you don't do this you would have a heart attack you would have I don't know blood pressure or diabetes then they will take it more seriously so Beshara is very important to give good news but also Enzar is also important or as they say Va'ad and Wa'id promise and threat so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran in order to take every uh, opportunity to put us on the right path he has given us some Bashara and also he has given us some Indar. Allah says, Wasarrafna fihe min al-wa'id. 
in this book in this Quran we have uh, mentioned different types of threats or warning so that they may become pious they may observe taqwa when someone has fear of the day of judgment fear of punishment fear of seeing um, bad results of his action then he would be careful or maybe this would uh, create in them a state of awareness remembrance because one of the most difficult problems one of the most critical issues for us is heedlessness to be not understanding not paying attention to be forgetful you remember when Allah said to Prophet Musa go and speak to Pharaoh he said maybe he remembers this is very important to become alert to remember Allah says either they become muttaqi in order to become muttaqi or this may create in them some remembrance and if they follow this remembrance then they can reach taqwa then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says very beautiful very short but profound Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is Malik who is the king who is Sultan who is the one who has sovereignty and is at the same time Haqq his kingdom is based on truth everything about Allah is true his essence his actions his decisions his plans his reward and punishment his revelation everything is haq so Allah who is the king who rules and is true is ta'ala ta'ala comes from ulov means highness ta'ala means he is elevated he is transcendent he is in a very high situation some people have translated supremely exalted is Allah or some people have said exalted is God so this is the meaning of ta'ala so he is very high وَلَا تَعْجَلْ بِالْقُرْآنِ مِنْ قَبْلِ أَنْ يُقْضَى إِلَيْكَ وَحْيُهُ وَقُلْ رَبِّ زِدْنِي عِلْمُ رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم had thirst great desire for receiving revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and also for reading that for himself and other people reciting that 
and sometimes his desire for sharing this with people and you know making them benefit from this and guiding them was so much that um, he was trying to share it as soon as something was being revealed to him so maybe even when it's not yet finished he was sharing with people according to what we have in Tafsir and Amunah or maybe he was not actually doing this but he was you know likely to do this because he had great you know interest you know when you are a kind person a generous person as soon as you receive something from Allah you want to share with people but Allah says لا تعجل بالقرآن من قبل أن يقضى إليك وحيه before the process of revealing the process of communicating the Quran to you is finished don't rush in reading that reciting that for the people لا تعجل بالقرآن don't rush with respect to Quran or recitation of the Quran before the process of revealing that is finished you know sometimes a few verses a few verses were revealed together sometimes a passage maybe a surah or part of a surah and it could take you know some time even there is here a discussion that some people you know have mentioned that because Rasulullah sallallahu had received Quran once together all of the Quran together and once it was gradual in the process of 23 years so we have according to Allah Inzal and Tanzil Inzal refers to the uh, revelation of the Quran at once and Tanzil refers to the gradual revelation of the Quran of course unless there is another evidence but if there is no other evidence this is the meaning of Inzal and Tanzil according to Allah Metabatabai so because Rasulullah had received the entire Quran altogether as a whole so some people have said he also knew the Quran and therefore even when part of some verses were revealed he knew what is going to come so this is why you know for example he was going to read so not only the one which is revealed now even the one which is not yet revealed so either we take it in this way or we just say that uh, the Rasulullah had great interest in reveal in uh, reading what has been revealed to him up to that point before for example finishing the entire section which was going to be revealed this is the love of Rasulullah for the Quran the love of Rasulullah also for sharing this with people or maybe reading for himself to enjoy until imagine when Allah says this to Rasulullah how much we need to say this tell my Lord increase my knowledge our knowledge is very limited our progress very much needs on knowledge 
so we should ask always from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to increase our knowledge of course we also have to do something we cannot just pray without studying without learning without listening without attending lectures schools but prayer is also very important because this would prepare this would give us uh, tawfiq for learning finding teachers finding good books finding good i don't know courses and so on and so forth so inshallah from next week we will start with verse 115 which is about prophet adam we have beautiful story of prophet adam as you know the story of prophet adam like prophet musa is mentioned in several surahs one of the surahs that we have very important information about the story is surah taha so inshallah next week we will talk from verse 115 now uh, let us go to question question one salam alaikum salam rahmatullah thanks for your time and dedication thank you very much may Allah reward you abundantly I had a question about ayah 104 by Ferris you said the wisest does it mean the one that has the most good deeds so will people be having the same conversation with the people because in another place in the Quran says that we will raise them with their imams uh, I, I'm not sure if I understood the question uh, correctly you know if I'm wrong please correct me Amthalhum uh, means the one who has the best manner the best method and perhaps you can say the one who is as a result the wisest among them not among all people among the people that are mujrameen who are uh, you know sinful criminal people not the wisest among all human beings so they would say why we should say 10 days it's better to say one day as I explained you know last week that it's not a matter of mentioning any number if you are going to mention a number then 10 is arbitrary why not 9 or 11 if you say just one day means one stage that is better the verse that you mentioned this is also very important verse that every group of people will be called by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to join their imams their leaders either good leaders or bad leaders those who have followed Ibrahim, Musa, Isa, Muhammad وسلم, will join them and those who have followed bad people will join them and they will be taken to the same place that their leaders would go I hope I have answered your question if not you know you can please you know mention uh, it seems that we don't have any question if, think about it if you have any question about these verses uh, we can inshallah address them also next week uh, there is no problem uh, so please also try to read uh, the verses about the story of Prophet Adam we have very beautiful points from verse 115 onwards 
about the story of Prophet Adam and what happened in uh, garden for uh, him and uh, Eve alayhim salam question to how is Allah going to reward the good actions of the unbelievers yes this is a very good uh, question and if you are interested there is a beautiful discussion by Ayatollah Mutahari in the book Adl Elahi Divine Justice briefly what I can say is that if a good action takes place and I mean by good action the action which is good and comes with good intention not that it just looks good for example if someone uh, gives the money to a charity but the intention is bad this is not good action this is action which is in a spirit a crime a sin to show off do something in order to show off no if the action is really good definitely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would take into account every good action or every bad action man ya'mal mithqala dharratin khaylana man ya'mal not only mu'mineen man ya'mal mithqala dharratin khaylana every person who does the least of good actions or bad actions would see it okay if a person who is not a believer does such good actions actions that are really good and the intention is also good Allah would take that into account Allah would prefer such people to the people who are in the same situation but don't do these good actions imagine we have two kafir two non-muslim one of them is very kind very helpful very supportive very generous another one is not like that for sure these two are not the same but there are many different ways that Allah would reward such people sometimes he rewards them in dunya by what by giving them reputation in dunya by giving them success in dunya by making things easier for them in dunya sometimes Allah would make barzakh for them easier sometimes even Allah may forgive them on the day of judgment may not be punished for their other problems because they have this good quality depending on the extent of doing good actions they can see the results in dunya in barzakh in akhirah in all of them but to go to heaven to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala needs amal salih and iman together good actions and faith together so those who are not believers can benefit to some extent but they cannot benefit everything because iman is also very important because without iman you are restricted you cannot go further because Iman is such an important quality the difference between mu'min and non-mu'min is like the difference between an adult and a child Im imagine a mu'min is doing good things and a non-mu'min is doing good things it's like a child doing good things and an adult doing good things a child with good actions 
can be respected, can be helped, can be rewarded, but cannot be made uh, a leader, cannot be let into the club of adults. You know, so you are still in a very early stage of human progress. But to go to heaven, you have to be developed. You have to be mature. Uh, let's see if we have any other question. Okay, we don't have any question, and our time is coming to an end. So let us pray together. نسألك اللهم وندعوك باسمك العظيم الأعظم العز الأجل الأكرم وبالقرآن المستحكم وبمحمد العلي والفاطم والحسن والحسين والتسعة المعصومين من نبية الحسين يا الله 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 We ask Allah سبحانه وتعالى to enable us to be always remembering Him and loving Him and serving Him and dedicating all our energy, all our gifts and talents to Him, inshallah, which would be the greatest honor for us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to be always on the right path, not to deviate even for a moment from the right path. And we beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep our progeny on the right path, inshallah. We ask Allah to bless our community with the gift of Iman and Amal Saleh and unity and peace and security and hope and prosperity and inshallah the gift of being able to be with Imam Zaman Sharif after he comes inshallah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give shifa to all the brothers and sisters and all people who are ill may Allah enrich all the poor people and may Allah forgive all the marhumin especially those who have rights upon us وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين Thank you very much خدا حافظ